is the 77 WABC minicast. And welcome back to Hour 2 of the Middle. I'm Anthony Weiner. Ava is on the board across the way. Christian taking your calls at 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. We talked in the first hour about some international affairs, talking about what's going on with Hamas and Israel. And this hour we're going to talk a little bit about the hot water that Donald Trump is in. If you want to reach out to me, an email, Wiener, W-A-B-C at gmail.com. On X Twitter, at Rep Wiener, and Anthony D. Wiener on threads. I think Instagram. I don't think I have something like that. And, of course, you can call here. If you miss any part of this episode, it gets posted as a podcast almost immediately after the show. And you can subscribe there as well as to The Middle Unplugged and a lot of other great stuff on the Red Apple Podcast Network. So I said this was a bad week for Donald Trump. He came and testified in what could turn out to be the most important case. <clears throat> it's a civil case, which means that it's not – he can't go to jail for it. But his – the guts, the meat of his business, his ability to do business in New York is at stake because he is accused and has been already found guilty of committing fraud – in filing of documents. And just to kind of refresh everyone how this started, it I know a lot of people said, well, the attorney general of the state of New York, she ran on a platform of getting Donald Trump. And I said I was going to check on that. I went back and looked at the videos. Sure did. She said I was going to hold Donald Trump accountable for anything that he did. But it didn't start there. It started going back even further to 2018, I want to say, when Michael Cohen testified before Congress and went there with chapter and verse of all the things that Donald Trump had done wrong. And the whole country learned about it, and then the New York Times got a hold of Donald Trump's tax forms, and then all these other documents became public. And so what essentially he's accused of doing is fraudulently raising the value of how much he had, how much money he had, and the value of his properties. If you have more value in your properties, you can borrow more against them. If you have more personal money, you get lower interest rates because it's less of a risk to lend to you. You understand all that. So he was found – already found that fraud was committed. But this phase of the trial is to decide, well, what to do about it. Basically, it's kind of a version of the penalty phase. And do you think Donald Trump cares a lot about this? You better believe it. He's been showing up like every day in court just about, even though he doesn't have to until now. He's testified. He didn't even have to testify, but he's doing so. And this week he took the stand. He took the stand on Monday. And I guess it couldn't have gone any worse for him in a way. He made a lot of speeches and pontificated about, you know, it's how unfair it all was. But when it comes down to the evidence on the piece of paper that the Court of Appeals is going to look at, he was asked, did he make these statements on these financial forms because he was trying to induce banks to lend him money? And he said, yes, that's a confession. If he said, oh, I didn't know it was going to be used for that or I don't understand how this all works or I was so far out of it, I didn't know. But he kept saying that he was responsible and he did it because he was trying to get loans. That's what's called a key admission. Now, he threw out a bunch of other stuff, and I've heard some people echo it on the radio here. He said that this clause at the bottom of the contract, the bottom of these filings that says this is the truth and it's the best and you can rely upon this. He said, well, that's worthless. That clause, that's completely worthless. Well, if that was the case, that it w- was meaningless, then anyone could just lie whatever they want and just put that meaningless clause on there. Of course it has some meaning. And the court, if, if the court would have said, we agree with you on that, then why are we even 
Why would anyone? No, you can never accuse anyone of fraud. And by the way, that had already been ruled on by the court. So he said, oh, that clause is meaningless. Well, the court obviously thinks that it's not. And think about it. You can hyperinflate everything and, and sign at the bottom says this is true. And this, ah, no one really believes when I said it was true. The other things that he says, again, these are just the public things that he's saying that really don't impact the case very much. He's saying all the loans were paid off. Nobody was hurt. But that's not right because, because he lied. He was able to maybe take away loan opportunities from someone that told the truth. If he got an advantage because of that paid a lower rate or borrowed money that someone else normally would have been able to get who's told the truth, then that could have been a loan opportunity someone else had. So, of course, lying and fraud, you know, makes a difference. And then he says, I would have gotten the loans anyway uh, because I'm Donald Trump. I would have gotten those loans anyway. It could be, but the question is about did you gain an advantage by telling these lies? And when asked on the stand, him and his kids well, why did you do that? It's some, sometimes the kids said smart things like, ah, I didn't really wasn't paying that much attention. But Donald Trump basically couldn't go offer a good answer. And the funniest, maybe the single funniest thing about his testimony, he has this triplex in Trump Towers that he said was 30,000 square feet. It's actually 10,000, right? So he was asked about this on the stand. And then the... the, the um, Attorney for the state said, how big is your apartment? He says, about 10,000 square feet. And then later on, he said 11,000 square feet. And then he said 12,000. He was like inflating it right on the stand in front of the judge. Kind of my dad used to do this joke when I'd say, dad, can, uh, can I have $5? He'd say, $5? What do you want $3 for? I don't have $2. And like, but that, that anyway. And then he made this other argument about the statute of limitations, which has also already been ruled on. It's, I took out these loans so long ago. Yes, but each year you have to recertify what your net worth is, and you lied on those two. So he admitted it. He's going to be found guilty of this. The only, I mean, he's found guilty of the fraud already. The only question now is, is he going to be banned? One of the things that can happen is he can be banned from ever doing business in New York City, which would be really bad for him because um, he doesn't have all the lot. He doesn't have a lot else. He doesn't have his TV stuff anymore. His golf courses are all in, uh, are all, um, in the negative. He's got Mar-a-Lago, but that's basically just a fancy catering hall. And most of his real estate here doesn't make him much money. It's for, uh, uh, 40 wall does. That makes him a lot of money. So anyway, that happened. Another thing that happened to Donald Trump this week was uh, – I mentioned this briefly. His lawyers – have thrown out a ton of different ideas in public statements about how Donald Trump is going to defend himself from this idea that when the courts had all decided in all the 50 states and the legislatures had decided who won the presidential campaign, they set out on this conspiracy. It is alleged. They set on this conspiracy to seat false electors, to try to get your, uh, Pence not to seat the real ones, not to count the real ones, et cetera, et cetera. And one of the things that his lawyers have sometimes said is, oh, his lawyers just gave him, were giving him advice. He followed the lawyers, the advice of counsel defense, which is not an airtight defense, but it is a defense. Well, the, in order to, to bring that defense, you've got to show that you were indeed following the advice of counsel and you've got to show that other lawyers didn't tell you other things, et cetera. And so the court said, the judge said, if you're going to bring that defense, we have to leave some extra time to do some discovery and so that the prosecution can get some witnesses and that kind of thing. And they said, you've got to decide this by January. 
Now, it seems like a long time to me, but it's a couple of months. Here's why this is important. It didn't get widely reported, but this is the one that Rudy Giuliani and that the other lawyers, Jenna Ellis and these other lawyers who are accused, are watching very carefully. Because it is, is Donald Trump going to turn and aim at his fellow co-conspirators? And if that happens, it's going to be bad news for the other attorneys, for the attorneys in the case. But it's also probably going to be bad news for Donald Trump because those attorneys will probably say, no, we're going to tell the president, we're going to testify that we didn't tell the president this was a lawful thing to do and it's going to get very messy. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 